It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.07 on a Saturday morning, 72 degrees outside, and this is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do or don't want to do in your landscape, with your trees, with your shrubs, with your houseplants, if you have bugs, if you have critters that are in your attic, if you have anything that is has to do with biology, botany, landscaping, weed control, organic gardening, 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 if you've got a question... All you have to do is call 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750 gets you in this morning and gets your question answered. Your first question might be, well, Walter, where have you been for the last two weeks? And, of course, Ashley Frasner did a, did a wonderful job hosting the show in my absence. Joel Lample, Mickey Gasway, Winston Easton, of course. I was, though, out of the country. I was in Croatia for the last two weeks, last two shows, and had a great time. Had another wonderful group of, of travelers. We went together. It was just all so nice, so fun to talk to, so fun to be around, so curious and inquisitive and talkative and just the greatest group you could ever travel with. There were 30, you know, 37, 36, something like that. A good group, good group. The last week, of course, we went on a, a it's called a motorized yacht down the coast of the Adriatic, down the coast of Croatia, and got to stop every once in a while, swim in the little bays of crystal clear water, water clear, 30 feet down. It was unbelievable how pretty that place is. A little bit later, I'll tell you why it is so pretty in Croatia. But I want to tell you about one of the places we visited early on in our trip, and that was a an apiary. Now, one of the things that Croatia has always been known for is honey, because they've always had a tradition of, uh, of having beehives. And so we went to a commercial apiary, that organic apiary. They use no chemicals to control the critters that attack bees. And it was quite interesting. They have a little shed sort of thing that had about 30 or 40 hives stacked on top of each other under this shed, all of them facing out. And in order to tell the bees which one they need to go to, which one is their hive, because bees don't want to go to the bad hive because other, other bees would attack them if you try to go into your, the wrong hive. So to tell the bees which one is theirs, they have the front of the hive colored in different, painted in different colors. There might be a red one, a blue one, a yellow one, a green one. And then above that, a blue one and a purple one and a white one. And so anyway, they have this huge shed with 30-some hives underneath the roof that you can, uh, the bees who just flying out of there, they were all over the place going around. But these are a special kind of bee that grows only in Croatia, lives only in Croatia. It's Carnelian, Carnolian, I can't remember the exact pronunciation of that kind of bee. But this bee is very, very gentle. And so they go out into the woods and into the flower fields and get the nectar and bring it back and make honey. And the farmer, of course, sells it. Now, one of the things that I was curious about was a particular jar of honey that they produce. It had a little label on it and everything. It's called forest honey. 
forest honey. And I thought, no, there's really not that many flowers in a forest. What are they exactly talking about? And I looked on the bottom part of the label. It says produced from forest honeydew. Hmm, that's interesting. What is honeydew? I know what I know and think of and, and name is honeydew here in the States, but maybe they have a different name for it. So I went online to find out what honeydew source the bees were using out in the forest. It turned out to be exactly what I think honeydew is. Well, I know honeydew is what we call it here in the States. Honeydew is when an aphid or a scale or a mealybug or one of the sucking insects, white flies, of course, any of the sucking insects, when they get onto the leaves of your plant, gardenias have white flies, um, maples have scales, there's various plants, aphids get all over crepe myrtles, but when they get on the plant, they suck as fast as they can, all the sap they can possibly get out of that leaf. And some of that sap cannot be digested. And so it goes straight through the aphid or the scale of the mealybug's body to their rear end. Yeah, down through their digestive tract and to their rear end, they just squirt it out. Long streams of the sticky, white, clear liquid. And it gets onto the leaves of everything beneath. And that is honeydew. And that is what the bees collect in order to make forest honey. It's made from honeydew, the poop of aphids. I did not buy a jar of it. I just didn't think I'd ever want to use that. <laughs> I didn't think that I wanted to use that honey ever on my biscuits or on anything else. <laughs> wouldn't want to cook with it or anything. But nonetheless, I found it very interesting that they made honey out of the honeydew of insects in the forest. And then they made products from that. I did eat some of the products they, they had, not knowing which one was honeydew and which one was not. And uh, they had honey schnapps, which was quite good. Take a little cup of that and throw it back and woo! Ah, mm, that was some hot stuff. At honey shops, honey cookies, of course, uh, honey bread. Uh, what else did they have? They just had some other honey spreads and things you put on a cracker. It was quite interesting to go to this bee place. All of us had to have a little bee, uh, bee veil on our heads and shoulders. The guy said, you know, you really don't need these bee veils. I put it on here just so you'll feel safe, but they're not going to attack you. Don't stand in front of the hives, but they're just going to be safe. Don't worry about it. So that was my story about the forest honey in Croatia made from the poop of aphids in the trees. Let's go to the phones. First in line, our friend from Spalding County in Griffin, Georgia, our friend Nicole. Good morning, Nicole. Whoops, I have your volume up. Nicole, I don't have your volume up. Hang on just a second. Let me get straightened out here. Try the volume once again. We're off here, actually. Hang on, Nicole. Ah, are you there, Nicole? No, all our live sliders are up. There's that one, that one, that one. No. Hmm. Nicole, I want to put you on hold for just a minute, and we'll get back to you in just a, just a few minutes. Ashley and Justin are frantically looking around at all the buttons to see that they can push, and we'll get you pushed right correctly. One of the other things I noticed in Croatia is the amount of greenery that we have there. Croatia is so green, covered in trees, covered in, in flowers, even though it was sort of the fall there, there's still lots of flowers outside the road. And the reason that they are so green is because they are part of the European Union. They're one of the last countries to join the European Union. And so 
the European Union, you may or may not know quite how the whole union works, but they do take money from the richer countries like, like Germany, like France, and like England, as you know about Brexit and all the upset people in England about uh, getting out of the European Union. But nonetheless, the European Union has a governing body, and they decide on taking the money from some of the more well-off countries and giving it to the less well-off countries, which one of which is Croatia, because they were they were ravaged by the wars in 1990, 91, 92, 93. And so the country is very green because they put a lot of money into the infrastructure down there. They put a lot of money into docks and to ports and to hotels and things like that and into the tourist areas too. And that's why it's so green because they protect those areas for tourists to be in. Let's see if we can get Nicole in right now. Nicole, good morning. Mr. Reef. There you are. I saw you. We got the right button pushed. How are you? <laughs> How are you this morning? Fine. And you? I'm well. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, I, I missed talking to you. I missed. I didn't hear you either Saturday because I was too far out from where we could get a Wi-Fi signal. So I did not hear you either Saturday last week. But I'm hopefully, we'll hear you fine today. What is on your mind today, Nicole? Mr. Eve, hmm. what the uh, what's the landscape over there? Is it mountain? Is it ocean? You know, that's interesting because it is both. They have mountains and not high mountains, but they're sort of mountainous as you get across the lower Adriatic part of the country. And then, of course, the ocean is right by the Adriatic, across the Adriatic Sea is Italy. And so the eastern side of Italy faces the western side of Croatia. So uh, the weather is uh, the same like Ooh, California? Is it gorgeous. Oh, man. It was 80, well, I guess when we arrived, it was some of the low 90s, but it was the humidity is very much lower. So you don't have quite the muggy feeling that we do here in Georgia. It was very nice. All right, so the bee recognized the colors. They do. They do. They knew which hive to go to. They didn't want to go to the bad hive. That would be a bad thing for the bee. Oh, boy, this is really smart. Yeah. yeah. You know, the eyes of the bee, you know, our TV with those little square? Yeah. The idea to make that TV doing now is the eyes of a bee. Because each one of the little dots in your color yes. screen on your TV is one, two, or three dots, and then you're right, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went in Canada and uh, for Labor Day weekend, yeah. and um, I saw so many invasive species, even there. I mean, it's incredible, and we get a long winter. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why it's not killing the seed, hmm. because uh, we get those cat. Tail here, yeah, yeah. but over there it's replaces with those millet, those big grass millet. Yeah, right. Millet is a is considered one of the invasive species, and it's interesting that different parts of the country, both of Canada and the U.S., have different plants that are considered invasive. Some places they are invasive, and other places they're not so much. Uh, it's because of the weather, you would think that I guess so. You're right. Dry, wetter. And things like that, sure, that's exactly right. Yeah, because even upstate Pennsylvania, they have this, I call it privet, because that's the only way I can describe. They get millions of seeds, yeah. and it grow in the bottom of those big trees, so it's taking all the water from the trees, you know. Well Incredible. Incredible. Nicole, me, since we have a shortened conversation, let me put you on hold. We've got a break done. I'll come back to you in just a second. We'll talk more about invasive species in Canada. How about that? All right. All right. Talk to you in a second. It is 618. We'll be back after this.
It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Well, how come you say you will when you won't? Say you do, baby, when you don't. Let me know, honey, how you feel. Tell the truth, how is love real? But uh-uh. Well, honey, do today. Honey, rain today. Partly cloudy, scattered storms. High of 89, low of 72. Tomorrow, cloudy again. Maybe some rain then. High of 89, low of 72 once again. The weather report, of course, brought to you by Finley Roofing. You'll find the full weekend forecast in 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB. Back we go to Nicole. Our apologies, of course, to the other folks who are holding right now. But we'll get to you in the next half hour. So, Nicole, we were talking about the invasive species that you saw? Do you remember what you saw besides the one that looks like privet? Uh, yeah, it was uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, Mr. Reeve, don't see. They've been in the back of my pickup truck for two weeks. <laughs> oh. And I bet they're still good. It's just incredible. It, you see, our privet here go up. But this invasive species there is is going um, horizontal. Huh. I mean, go around the tree, and they're always at the base of the tree because they're the one who's going to take the water first, yeah. then eventually the tree. But then again, in Pennsylvania, Mr. Rivas, it's farmland. I mean, uh, it's wood, it's mountain, yeah, and it's sure. in the Catskill, you know. But I wanted to know, so I brought back some seed, and I wanted to know. <laughs> I went to the extension, and this man was not there, but I still have the seed, you know. And I was telling myself, that's all invasion species yeah, is that's doing its thing, because we, are, we want to know. I have the seed in my back in my pickup truck. I want to know what it is. Well, but you better that's not plant it and let it get, get going. I have yes. another thing as bad as kudzu and privet down here. Yes, yes, that's how it starts, you know. But this millet alongside the interstate in yeah. Canada, oh, you should see it. Are yes. you sure it was millet or was it pompous grass? Well, uh, best grass, yeah, millet's got this bunch of seed, and uh, and, uh, on top it's dark brown. Ah, you're right, okay. I thought it might be pompous grass because that's invasive in California and the Midwest. And I did not know that millet was invasive, but I will keep my eye out for that too. Especially because the interstate is higher and you get the water. you know, next on each side. Yeah. It used to be cattail, but not anymore. This millet is, oh, you should see how much there is. God Nicole, I depend on you to notice things all over the country, as you do. You drive to Florida every week and then go into Canada to see your folks, and I really appreciate some of your observations that you bring to us. It's really fun to hear what you see because you bring eyes that I don't have to see other parts of the country. Thanks so much for being with us, and I will see you soon, Nicole. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. It's at 627 News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden. Jay and Norcross, Jim and Dudwoody, hang on. We'll be with, you, be with you in just a minute. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 
at 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 71 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener, and you can ask me anything. <laughs> I may not know the answer to everything, but I know a lot of answers to a lot of things. 404-872-0750. Jay is in Norcross and joins us. Thanks for your patience, Jay. How can I help? Good morning, Mr. Walter. How are you, sir? Good morning, Jay. I'm well. What's going on? Okay, well, uh, first of all, uh, I love your show, long-time listener, first-time caller, and quickly I go back to my question. Got two little questions. Uh, I just redone my lawn uh, backyard because I had a big ditch, so I had to call in to fill in dirt, and uh, they ran with a bobcat, and they ruined all my grass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So... Now it's pretty much level, but still has a little slope going towards the west of my house. And uh, what you recommend at this late, uh, I can put uh, any type of grass or fescue seed. Uh, what is your recommendation yeah. on that, sir? This, this is the beginning of the perfect season for planting fescue. Mid-September is the oh. perfect time to plant fescue. If that's your intended grass that you want to have, then get onto it right now, because this is the time to do it. Okay. Okay, I have like a 75% of uh, sunny uh, uh, sun in the yard, yeah. 25% where they fill up the dirt, has a couple of trees that, uh, you know, later yeah. on they has a little shade. So all all over the same fescue. What what kind of fescue do you recommend? I mean, uh, the, I mean look for a blend. When it says on the back, this is a blend. That's where you get several different varieties of fescue seed some of which will be a little okay. bit better for the sun, some are a little better for the shade. But the blends okay. do great. There's a Rebel Supreme, there's a Pike blend, Atlanta blend. When it says blend, that's what you get. Okay, and any kind of fertilizer, should I start with it or just simple spread the seed and put straws on and water every day? That, it would be great to get a starter fertilizer. Starter fertilizers, are they have a sort of a different analysis of, of nutrients in it. And so starter fertilizers mm-hmm. have a little bit higher middle number. And if you have time, if you think you have about five days, Jay, before you want to plant, do a soil mm-hmm. test. Have your soil tested by the University of Georgia. They'll tell you how much lime you need to put down. Very likely you do need to put lime down. And it would be great okay. to get that done first. And you're not going to do anything tomorrow, today probably. So if you get a soil test, uh, take it to the office or mail it in on Monday then they'll have the okay. results back to you by next uh, weekend. You can take advantage of that okay. knowledge. The way to do a soil okay. test, Jay, if you want to do one, is you go to my website at georgiasoiltest.com. Georgiasoiltest.com. Okay. Uh, easy enough. Did you have a second okay. question real quick, Jay? Okay, second question real quick. Uh, I have a uh, apple tree, which I believe is a type of gala apple, okay. about eight feet tall, uh, five-year-old, and we're not getting any fruit of it, maybe a couple of apples a year. <laughs> so what's going on with that? I wonder if you're getting pollination. Apples really, really like to be pollinated by a different variety than the one you have in your yard. Gala might be, okay. might be pollinated by some other variety. That's just the way apples work. So should I plant another apple tree? <laughs> yeah. If you can figure out what you have, try to plant one different from it or... You can plant a crab apple, and crab apple will pollinate many, many different kinds of apples. So that's a possibility too. Just get a crab apple and let it be your pollinator for your apple tree. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much for help, sir. You always been very help and love your show and well, keep you, doing Jay. good work for the Georgia community, sir. I do appreciate your confidence in me, Jay. Thanks for calling. Jim's up and done with you. Finally, Jay, Jim, good morning. Morning, Walter. Hey, I'm man. looking for a uh, winter website. I can't find anything definitive there um, for a pre-emergent for annual rye. Yeah. Um time to do it of course do you mean annual bluegrass jim yeah okay annual bluegrass the any of the different pre-emergence that you could find on in in big box stores and pike and stuff like that will work the one that's most commonly available is called halts h-a-l-t-s and the halts will work because it's not labeled with uh annual bluegrass Look and make sure it says annual bluegrass. You're not looking for ryegrass. You're looking for annual bluegrass. No, it's, yeah, it's annual blue. I listed, you know, others, of course, is crabgrass is big on it and uh, others. But um, I'll look again. But if, if you say it works, I'll take your word for it. Like Jay said, sure. I trust you. Sure. And the <laughs> the other one that you can look for, too, is a Lesco. is the brand name L-E-S-C-O. And uh, Lesco has a 007 fertilizers. It's all pre-emergent just, <clears throat> just about in it. And so the Lesco 007 works. If you go to Pike, I think you just have the gotcha. the Pike pre-emergent brand, I think, is there at Pike Nurseries. So Pike would be useful, too. I've seen the Lesco. So if that, if that, and I don't think it was labeled for that list, the whole slew of, uh, of weeds in there. But yeah. I'll look again. But yeah, I've seen the Lesco. So if that works, I'll, I'll use that, too. And again, you're looking for annual bluegrass, not annual ryegrass. Yeah, Daniel Blue. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You bet, Jim. Good luck with it. I think you'll have success with that. And speaking of that, there's a follow-up question from Todd over in Watkinsville. Hey, Todd. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing great. Got a question about putting pre-emergent on Bermuda grass. I yeah. think I've heard you in the past, say, September 15th. Before right September about 15th. now, yeah. But I was wondering if these hot temperatures and lack of rain has cause that maybe that date to be pushed back any do i have any leeway there yeah you you you're a smart guy todd that's exactly right if it's dry then the bluegrass and other uh, kinds of weed seeds don't germinate very well and so you could wait until you have a winter have a weather forecast that says well we're going to have rain tomorrow which we are it sounds like this week might have rain you know several three times and so if you see that's in the weather forecast it might be nice to have the pre-emerge out before it rains. Okay. All right. Can I go? I know on your website it says, you know, uh, late September, early October, as far as putting the pre-emergent out. You, Is that true? You, or should I stick to this September 15th date? I think you could do anything between September and the last week of September would be fine. Okay. Thanks so much. I want to get it out before the seed germinates. And again, weather conditions do have some effect on that. So if it's going to rain... If you get the pre-emergent out before it rains, you'll be fine. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thanks for calling, Todd. Brian in Oakwood, Georgia, joins us. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. What's up? I enjoyed your uh, explanation of honeydew. Huh, yeah. And I, I had actually read a little bit about it because I was trying to figure out what was all over my car. My neighbors oh, yeah. have pecan trees that pretty much are all around my uh, where my driveway is and I, I it was a sap like substance and I thought it was sap but I did a little reading 
and they suggested it was probably honeydew. Would yeah. you agree with that? I agree completely. That's exactly right. Under maples and, and pecan trees, a lot of uh, pecan aphids are uh, very common insects, and they drop that stuff right out of their bottoms, and it drops right down on your truck. Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating. It really is. But, you know, what are you going to do? But I, I did I did enjoy your explanation of, of how it comes out of the bug. That and, you was, know, uh, I'm, I wonder, having having said that, I wonder, Brian, if honeybees in the States, in Georgia, don't go out and find honeydew as well. We don't advertise it as such, but I, it sounds like they would just as soon get the honeydew from a tree here as they would over in Croatia, too. So you may be eating the honeydew and the forest honey here, and the beekeepers just don't mention it. Well, I, I'm with you. If it says honeydew honey on the on the label, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to buy that one. So. But enjoy your show. Thanks very much. Hey, thank you, Brian. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. At 45 minutes past the hour. Time for Gene in Bremen, Georgia. Hi, Gene. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my sister has some, I, she don't know the name. They were there when they bought the house. She keeps some little, oh, about three foot high bushes. They're green, but then they'll have some leaves that turn yellow. I mean, that's the type of bushes. Yeah. They are, and she don't know the name of them, but she got out there and noticed the leaves was falling off. Hmm. And she, I said, look underneath, and they've got white stuff all over. There's not white flies. They don't fly. No. It's something else there. And she has went and bought spray and turned it up, you know, and spray underneath. But they just keep falling off, and she's scared they're all going to die. I would be willing to bet a nickel. I'll bet a nickel <laughs> that I know exactly what you have, Gina, what she has. It's probably a euonymus shrub. Euonymus shrubs are green, sometimes they're yellow, sometimes they have variegated forms as well. But the euonymus is famous for having euonymus scale. The euonymus scale are the white dots all over the backside of the leaves, yeah. and they cause the leaves to fall straight off the shrub. Are they going to die? Depends on how many scale you have. <laughs> if you have a lot, yes, they're going to die. And if you don't have too many, you may be able to control it. One of the ways that I think is most effective to control them, Gene, is to get the systemic insecticide that is called, um, let's see, Bonide makes one called Bonide Systemic Granules, and uh, BioAdvance makes one called BioAdvance Tree and Shrub. But it says systemic insecticide on the front of the bottle. That's what you want. Well, is it too late to do it now? I would do it now. I'm, you're probably going to want to do it again next spring because it won't kill all of them. But I think two applications should get you under pretty good control. A systemic granules. Systemic granules or systemic tree and shrub. Yep. Okay. Thanks so much. It is my pleasure to be of service <laughs> to you, Gene. I know you serve your whole family asking me <laughs> questions on their behalf, and I appreciate they you representing Gene's family right there in Bremen, Georgia. I appreciate that a lot. It's 648. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I, will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. Was just a garden in the rain Close to a little leafy lane
It would be great to have a little garden in the rain, a little, a little rain every day of the week would be nice. Sometime between uh, 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. would be fabulous. We need rain. And fortunately, the rain is in the forecast for the next several days. Today, brought to you by Finley Roofing, by the way, today partly cloudy, scattered storms, high of 89, low of 72. Tomorrow, cloudy again. I have 89, low of 72 once more. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB, and hopefully it concludes rain the whole time. Mud Rock in Big Shanty, Georgia. Join us on Lawn and Garden, Mud Rock. Thank you for taking my call, Walter. Um, uh, I got a question about growing cucumbers. All right. Um, uh, the... Uh, the central AC drain in our house just happens to be on the side of the house. It gets the yeah. most daylight sun. And last year, uh, my brother planted some tomatoes there, and they grew up nice and fat. Good. Uh, and so I was thinking about this that would work with cucumbers since they take a lot of water to grow, too. Sure. I think you're great. I think there's nothing wrong with that, Mudrock. The uh, cucumbers don't like to be soggy, so don't put it so the water runs down and gets into the uh, in the growing area and makes the ground soggy all the time. So make a little mound, maybe put the cucumbers on top of that so the roots can get down into the water but not standing in water all the time. I think it'll be very successful. Cucumbers should be fine. All right, then. That'll be great. Thank you. Hey, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Do we have time for Alan? I bet we do. Hey, Alan, join us on Lawn and Garden. Yeah, good morning. Hey, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, one, about my summer Kansas beauty leaves that are turning yellow, but the reason I dialed is for the Sufflin pre-emergent. Sufflin, yeah. F- familiar with it? Kind of tips, tricks, or obviously read the label, but... Um, does that still fall under that September 15th window? Yeah, same, same thing, same thing. Surfland is a pretty, it's not as common as it once was. It used to be, it was the only pre-emergent we had just about. And so when you find it, you can use it. It works great, but it's, again, it's not common at all the garden centers and places like that. You can get it online real easily. Yeah, that's where I got it. Yeah. And that summer acanthus, it, it's turned yellow. The leaves, you know, it's like a big palm yeah. almost. Oh. And, um, the people at Pike said liquidate some ten 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 and pour it on there, but it seemed to progressively get worse. Any besides cutting them back off or clipping it, That's, is it too late or too yeah, early? It's, it's sort of this time of year when you have diseases on leaves, when plants get sick this time of year. It's hardly worth it to try to treat it because the leaves are going to fall off anyway on your annuals and a lot of the deciduous plants, trees, the shrubs, and things like that. And so my advice at this time of the year, cut off the diseased leaves, cut off things that don't look right, and just uh, wait till next year. Try to get it before it gets really serious next year, and I think you'll be a lot better off. Thanks for calling, Alan. It is 6.57 at Newstalk WSB. We'll be back after news.